eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. And we are going to go ahead and say it's taken us a little longer to record this podcast because of the New Year. And it definitely wasn't because the Dolphins got absolutely demolished this weekend. 56 to 19. Uh, Joshua Houts, uh, happy New Year, sir. Uh, how How about the Dolphins, I guess? Yeah, I I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, we're coming on here. We're just going to basically pour our heart out, right? But um, yeah, that game did not go as planned, but it is a new year. So welcome in, guys, to another Dolphins podcast. The new year is here, 2024. So hopefully we can put all of that bad behind us, Jake, and we never see another performance like that, you know, maybe for as long as we live. That, that was brutal, man. How are you doing? I'm speechless. Definitely lost, less speechless after that game. Honestly, man, I got home. I watched the Mario movie. I was so sick of football. I, 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 For the first time, it took me 17 weeks because I like to think about us doing this podcast and following the Miami Dolphins as like a balloon, right? And throughout the week, we're blowing all this hot air into this balloon, right? Making it bigger and bigger. But on game day, my friend, on game day, somebody, some jerk's sitting there and he's slowly taking the air out of the balloon. You can even, you can imagine those squeaks of just a little bit of air coming out. And on Sunday, there was nowhere left. And there was nowhere left in like the middle of the third quarter. So you had the opportunity to sit there and like stew in it and kind of get over it a little bit. But then the unthinkable happened, man. I didn't have any air in my balloon. Then someone stole my balloon. Why was Bradley Chubb still in this football game with three minutes left, man? I cannot believe that. I, I was so upset that this team lost. And then I just look up and I see Bradley Chubb on the ground. I, my, my face just, it just dropped. I, I cannot believe it just... 
all the air gone out of the balloon, man. I, I couldn't think of a better way to describe this team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at it, and we got absolutely dis- destroyed, but that wasn't even, again, the, the part that hurt the most. Like you said, man, losing Bradley Chubb with, what, three minutes left in the game. I think the Dolphins were up 30, and um, just there, there's no excuse for it, right? I know that Mike McDaniel was saying, you know, they didn't play their best football. You know, some of those guys want to go out there and maybe put a good series on tape, right? Feel like you achieved something, but to lose your star pass rusher after we lost Jalen Phillips earlier in the year, um, it is absolutely gut-wrenching. So um, the the loss we will talk about, that was absolutely brutal, but losing Bradley Chubb, man, I just, in, in hindsight, there's nothing that can make that okay. And as we'll see this weekend and as we, you know, progress through the playoffs, without Bradley Chubb, man, we had absolutely no pass rush at all on Sunday. Everything McDaniel has said makes sense. And part of his line was the guys who were out there, the, it was obvious they wanted to be out there. I didn't want guys to be out there who didn't want to be out there. And that's great. And you can buy that. And I actually side with them. Heat of the moment. You want you guys to go out there, fight, maybe get one final turnover and feel real good. But I mean, it's hard not to feel real frustrated. And again, I mean, we can criticize Mike McDaniel without throwing him over a cliff, right? Without completely lighting him on fire. It's one thing to say and side with your guys there and say, go out on the field, try to get that one feel good play, whatever it may be. But to do that when you have like Connor Williams, like, like, angry face on the sidelines, Tron Armstead, angry face on the sideline throughout the year as rightfully so at the time we side with Mike Daniel, we're let these guys recover. We might not have player X in Kansas city. Uh, we'll, we'll settle for those losses. It's just a very hard line and a very hard thought process to agree with when you're going in both directions there. And I think it kind of just sticks to the point of, Hey guys, by the way, Mike McDaniel's in his second year as a, as a head coach. Not only that, it's his second year as a play caller. I, I think he has the right vision, but I think these decisions are so hard to make at times where I do think he kind of fell into the trap of this was a kind of a more obvious, hey, uh, let, let's take a step back and, and sit out here and, and move on to Buffalo. Yeah, man. I mean, and I think um, I didn't even really put think about that that much, but you're right, man, with how cautious they've been all season, right? All throughout his tenure with some of these injuries giving these guys a space to get better and, um, you know, to have Bradley Chubb and those guys, it's so important to this defense, everything that we did this year, he has 74 total tackles, career high, 11 sacks was one away from doing that. We know all the forced fumbles, how meaningful he was to that defensive line. So um, I think in hindsight, you know, that's going to be one that Mike McDaniel stays up at night, regretting throughout his entire tenure, at least through this year, but um, next man up mentality, right, Jake? I mean, that's, that's where we're at at this point. That's where they are at a lot of different positions on this team. I just, to make things a little more painful, I did throw together the list here. So far, the players out for the year include Keon Cross and Eric Azukama, Isaiah Wynn, Salvan Ahmed, Jalen Phillips, Connor Williams, and now Bradley Chubb, Jerome Baker, Xavier Howard, who left the game after playing four snaps, got carted off with a foot injury. Mike McDaniel said he is considered week to week, but, uh, Week to week before you know it, the season's over, right? That That's how late in the year we are. Uh, Robert Hunt, they're saying they're gearing up his snaps this week, but still, I'll believe it when I see it with McDaniel at this point, just with how many times throughout the year we've gotten to like Fridays in the week, and then all of a sudden it's player X, Y, and Z who goes on IR. And, and speaking to that, these are the guys so far who have gone on IR. Uh, Jeff Wilson, Devon A. Chan, Jalen Ramsey, Robert Jones, Ritter Craycraft, Teron Armstead, and then Bradley Chubb's going to be added to that. God, man, that is a harsh, harsh list to deal with. But at the same time, do you feel like the Dolphins did a decent job of managing all these injuries? Because when you look big picture, like it collapsed with Jalen Phillips. I mean, that's a hard one. And then Connor Williams, you have a, a 
just kind of a, a scuffle where a player lands on another player. I mean, the Dolphins, I felt that you're always going to have injuries. I thought they were doing a pretty decent job of managing all this. Yeah, man, I think that's what's been so impressive, right? I mean, we can talk about the interchangeable pieces on the offensive line all season long, but how well that unit's continue to play, despite you mentioned Connor Williams out. Robert Hunt's finally going to come back. Isaiah Wynn, starting guard, right, uh, was lost earlier in the year. And then um, you're sitting there running off all those names, though, Jake. I mean, that's almost like you could do an, an all-pro team with some of those names, right? You could sit there. It sounds like you're naming off an all-star list. So it's just sad, and I do think it's a testament to the next man up, you know, the depth they built here. But um, at some point, it's going to catch up to us, right? And we're seeing it now, you know, heading into the playoff. We're literally limping into the playoffs. So, um, you know, we hear that's no excuses, don't make excuses. But when you have a laundry list of injuries like that, just post that, right? You don't need to make an excuse. Just read that and see why the Dolphins, you know, um, why this 11-win season is as impressive as it is. So um, definitely sucks we lost Bradley Chubb. Hope he's back. I think he'll be out for what, even the start of next season probably. And so without Nine him and Jalen Phillips, man, that's a – Yeah, ish. damn. Ter- absolute terrible timing. So um, – brutal man and i just again hope that we can still find a way to stay on track next man up and bounce back from this like they did all year because i think every time we've lost this year they bounce back and won a game is that correct yeah man there have been no losing streaks here and two i I think something that makes it more frustrating too when you look at this baltimore ravens game and as we start to digest it you look at what really happened wrong on defense i mean you look at the injuries to like jerome baker xavian howard leaving early in the game we see the Baltimore Ravens without Kyle Ham- Hamilton. Hey, did you know he didn't play? Did you know we spent more than a podcast talking about how this guy was an X factor for this game? And, and that just wasn't the case at all. <laughs> but in it, And then you have the Dolphins, man. Their number one pick last year was a linebacker, and we have Duke Riley getting absolutely torched. Number one pick this year was a cornerback. You have Xavier Howard leave the game, and we have issues happening back there. So, I mean, it just seems like there are a lot of – warts for on this of this football team really being shown and these injuries are just going to make them worse and worse now that being said does that mean the season's over does that mean you are going to lose out from here it's possible but i mean i don't think that we've reached that tipping point i do think this the dolphins are at a spot where these are where the crazy stories are written where someone can take over a situation like that but no it, it is definitely not a good scenario to be in when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. No, and I think I'm sure you see it on Twitter, X or whatever, but there, I mean, there's some people that are now saying, you know, Tua's not the guy uh, questioning Mike McDaniel, whether or not he's on the hot seat, you know, if they go out there and have an absolute, uh, we get stomped on Sunday. So um, I, I don't understand it, man, but you're right. The season's not over again. We haven't been here before. So maybe fans, you know, can't, we can't say act like you've been here before because we've never been here before. But um, again, man, when you have that many injuries, it's just, you got to find a way to overcome it. And um, we'll see, we'll see if they have it in them. Right. 
Dude, we got to give Tua a lot of credit. I mean, I don't want to turn it into the preach, but I mean, for everything he's gone through, made it 16 games. He will start the 17 game for the Miami Dolphins. McDaniel said that he has a dealing with a shoulder injury, but it's more soreness than anything else. Dude deserves all the credit in the world, the best ability. We can debate, uh, you know, uh, whatever skill set. The best ability is availability, and for him to be out there week 17, that's the difference maker uh, for this team. You consider, right, 11 wins, first time since 2008. This team can win 12 games for the first time since 1990. That's because you have your starting quarterback for all 17 games. Ryan Tannehill struggled with that at times. There's been many, many quarterbacks who have dealt with plenty of issues. Tua deserves that little shout out there because, I mean, heck of a season for him before we even discuss stats. Before we sit here and critique him, right? I mean, we can sit here and pump him up because it's the truth, man. Without Tua Tamalo out there, this entire team wouldn't be where they're at. And um, it's testament to just his grind, right? The jiu-jitsu. We hear all the jokes that people made in the offseason. Tua's healthy, and he has a chance now, you know, to bring to right all these wrongs and to go out there and win this Big, meaningful game against the Buffalo Bills. But before that, Jake, we have to talk about this matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. And how how did you feel about the way Tua played? Because it wasn't up and down. He did make some nice passes. But it felt like, to me, you know, I think it was uh, 10 to 7. I think Dolphins were driving. And then third and 7, man, in the goal line. And Tyreek Hill drops that. And from there on, it just seems like everything, like the sky's falling, Chicken Little style, and everything kind of just unraveled at that point. Yeah, Tua finished 22 of 38, 237 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and a couple dropped balls there that really let you down. You have that Tyree kill. And then Chase Claypool, man, the legend of Chase Claypool could have, you know, really started and, and kicked off. And, man, football, professional football, it's so hard to be successful because, I mean, Chase Claypool's been just grinding his ass off for, like, seven weeks since he got to Miami. And his one shot was to catch a ball in double coverage in the back of the end zone. He could have done it for sure. I, I think he could have, but to have that be the opportunity and now everyone's poo-pooing him, I mean, damn, man, that's absolutely tough. Yeah, it just kind of seemed like Tua, kind of like McDaniel, man. I think they both just kind of needed to, this is going to sound super cliche, just calm down, bro. Just just settle down. Just relax, bro. Uh, there were just a couple scenarios. I, I think his first interception, there were two guys running wide open underneath that I think he could have really worked with and, and let them get open in the open field. Uh, but, man, I, I was surprised how hard things looked for the Baltimore Ravens to be down to their final two, their final, yeah, final two safeties and, and three cornerbacks, man. It, Tua's best strength is his pinpoint accuracy. And there are some incredible throws where he will get it inside of a room of four or five guys. I think his first completion to Tyreek was that, and it looked impressive. I don't think that means or that it should be every play because that's how you get the ball that goes into the linebacker's chest, right? It's that quick of a decision. I think there are just times where Miami's offense, it's fantastic. It's one of the best offenses in the NFL. I kind of just wish they'd simplify things and lean on the fact of, hey, Tyree Kill, you're, you're kind of fast. Let's just kind of do a rollout or just run away from your guy. Instead of having to turn on a dime and, and get to this landmark, it just seems like it's a lot every single time they're on the field. Yeah, man, at times it seems like they're just, like you're saying, they're putting so much effort into just getting, what, like six yards and things like that. And you mentioned that pinpoint accuracy. I mean, that's kind of um, 
we, we knew that Baltimore was really good in the middle of the field, but to see Roquan Smith make that one-hand interception, I mean, that was just absolutely dirty. And it is, you know, the fact that they're game planning for this stuff. If you know, if you can take away that middle of the field, the Dolphins offense isn't the same. So when you play these teams that have these elite linebackers, they're able to, to mask some of those things that other teams can't. So um, I'm intrigued to see the way this, um, the offense kind of evolves, right? To see what they come out with and against the Buffalo Bills, because they have very good linebackers, right? They know how to take away the middle of the field. So um, we'll see what gives, but, um, this game, man, I, I felt like it was a lot closer than what the score says, but it just unraveled out of nowhere, and it just felt like uh, the sky was falling for real. It, it really did feel. I mean, but, but um, they just looked like an absolute world beater in comparison to us, and it wasn't our best day at all. Was that Tyreek's worst game on the Dolphins, would you say? It's got to be up there, right? I mean, that drop is just – that was just so bad, man. Six receptions on 12 targets there, and there – see – you can be super frustrated at Tyreek Kill, and it's crazy. We have people jumping off the ledge and, like, completely souring on him. I felt like the disappointed parent of just, like, man, like, this is the game. These are the opportunities you need Tyreek Kill to be at his absolute best. Um, Tyreek Kill averages 70 yards in losses this year. That's on 5.5 receptions. Compared to wins, yes, it's only one reception more, but those 70 yards goes up to 101. It just kind of speaks to, man, we, like there have been just some performances this year where you're hoping like Tyree Kill on the big stage, like throwing up the peace sign against the Carolina Panthers is cool, but it would look even better on Sunday night football against the Philadelphia Eagles, right? There are different scenarios here where like a touchdown is worth more against team X versus team Y. And you look at, Nine drops this year. Um, that's one from Metching, his career high that he set in 2021. Last year, despite his insane volume, he only had four drops last year, Josh, and he's already doubled that. Again, this dude, if he go, he could go nuclear and still get 2,000 yards. I am not trying to say I'd rather not have Tyreek Hill. Don't get me wrong. But there have been a couple opportunities here where you're just kind of like, man, like like you are paid to be the guy, the, the league's best wide receiver. Play X, Y, and Z should have been made, and I think he'd even agree with that. Oh, yeah, he would. And, I mean, we sit here and we try to tiptoe around and, uh, you know, be very picky and choosy on what we say, right? Because we know they'll twist our words immediately. Oh, that's it. Tyreek Hill's a bust, and they don't want him in Miami or something crazy like that. That's not what we're saying at all. You just want your big-time playmakers to make some of those plays, like the touchdown grab, um, and just, I guess, do a little bit more, right? It's similar to the Jalen Waddle thing. I mean, he's putting up all these stats, but when you see the game progress, it just feels like he could have another big play or just do a little bit more. So um, we want to see Tyreek Hill take that extra notch, you know, when he's playing these elite teams, when he's playing this game against the Bills this weekend, when he's going against, uh, you know, God, man, we might play the Bills again in the playoffs. If he's going against the Bills or whoever they're playing in the playoffs, I mean, you want those to be his big games. And um, in this one, it just wasn't his best game. And like you said, you could ask him straight to his face and he'd say, I need to play better for my teammates. So, um, yeah, I, I was, we're never going to not love the Tyree Kill acquisition. I mean, that was just, uh, to this day, it's amazing. So, said Wilson had a very nice touchdown catch on that first drive there. How did you feel about Miami's other – pass catching targets in general. Devon Achan had a nice day, four receptions on five targets for 30 yards. Durham Smythe looking real comfortable as a receiver in the middle of the field with three receptions for 54 yards. Uh, Cedric Wilson, he finished with two receptions on his four targets. Jeff Wilson caught four balls. Braxton Berrios, man, only two targets, uh, 10, 10 total yards, man. That's still surprising. And then you have Julian Hill, one reception for nine yards. 
Yeah, I think that Barrios one we talked about before, but that was on the big fourth down, which, I mean, we lost the game, so I don't know how big it was. But, yeah, I, I didn't mind Cedric Wilson's usage, and I think it's kind of funny because he's always the guy that gets overlooked. You're right. Onion Headset always gets overlooked. I think even on the pod, you were like, what about Seth Wilson, man? I'm like, oh, kind of forgot about him. But he had that nice touchdown. You're starting to see him get some more reps. For me, though, I like the way they use Devon Achan, right? I mean, we were all – baffled when that the Raheem Mostert news dropped, right? Like none of us really knew Raheem Mostert was going to miss this game. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. Then Devon Achan went out there and just, I thought we were going to see some more Jeff Wilson. Like we saw at the end of the previous week. I even told one of my buddies, you know, maybe you should start him in fantasy. And he did. And that did not work out good. But uh, Devon Achan, man, he looked like an explosive, explosive playmaker. That could be that RB one, right? 14 carries on the ground, 107 yards. You mentioned him in the passing game, but we still just need someone else to step up, especially when Waddle's out. He's most likely not going to play this weekend. Although if he can go, you would throw him out there, right? I mean, we need all hands on deck for this one, but um, you just want to see another pass catcher emerge. And you mentioned Smite. He's really starting to come along these next, these last few weeks. And you're starting to see him more open in the middle of the field. And who knows, maybe we'll see him uh, get some more targets as the season progresses. And I say that we got what, two games left, three, four, five. I shouldn't say two. Dude, Devon Achan's kind of like Pac-Man because he just kind of goes crazy. He'll he'll just run all over the entire map. But the second he gets near a defensive lineman, a.k.a. a ghost, dude, he just melts. It was so, I mean, I guess funny is not the word, but, I mean, it's, it's a little humorous because, I mean, he was a stud, right? 14 uh, carries for 107 yards with a long of 45, and it still felt like he was arm-tackled by a defensive lineman like six times. You saw, like, the first time the the – weakness quote-unquote of being 510 where he couldn't really get through those but overall man yeah I, I thought he was a solid overall rb1 what'd you think of the jeff wilson usage we got three carries for uh 21 yards and then another four receptions man i'd love to see those four receptions kind of split between uh you know a river craycraft give chase claypool maybe one more target i don't know it just kind of seems like the ceiling with the Jeff Wilson target is going to be like eight, nine yards. I don't really see that turning into 90 yards to the house or something like that. Yeah, I, I I don't know either, man. I mean, we've been talking about this since Wilson came back, right? He's been like a pass catcher almost when he gets so out there. Weird. No third down situation. So, yeah, I was a little baffled by his usage. I thought maybe they'd come out there and try to be more physical and use that. Um, I'll say it like I always do thunder and instead they went with the lightning and Devon Achan. So um, maybe we'll see him get more carries as uh, you know, next this week against the bills when you're trying to, again, be physical and, you know, try to assert yourself. But I, yeah, I was surprised Jeff Wilson wasn't out there more and equally surprised as you that he's getting a bunch of those uh, targets in the passing game. Let's take a quick break and talk about the real reason the Miami dolphins lost this game. The defense. Josh, what's the last Mario Party you've played? Oh, man. What, where are we at now? Which one are we at? Because I know I bought the kids one, and then they lost it. So I might have played that real quick, but it's been a while. It's been a long time. I don't even know where Do they're at Do you remember at the point. game where there was the shy guy, the dude in red, and he'd be, like, standing on a cloud, and he'd have you, like, press a different button, and if you press the wrong button, he'd, like, pop your balloon. So it was kind of like Simon Says, where you'd be, like, moving backwards or moving side to side. That's kind of what happened to this Miami Dolphins defense because Lamar Jackson, he finished the day with 18 completions on 21 attempts, 321 yards and five touchdowns. I don't want to sound like a hater. They absolutely cooked the Dolphins. These seemed like, man, he had some beautiful touch passes, but this seemed like it was, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to play fake. We're going to get your defense running downhill, and then we're going to throw it side to side, or we're going to get you throw it running side to side, and we're going to throw it behind you it just seemed like they were that uh four-dimensional chess when we were just still trying to play checkers it was they were a step ahead the entire game and we're the dumb idiots who didn't think Je uh justice hill and gus edwards could do anything i'll, I'll take the blame for that one 
I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't even have words for just Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. I mean, it seemed like every time Duke Riley was just trailing right on the wheel route or something, he was just trying to catch up. And I, I, I was going to say, Jake, it almost felt like this was, we were playing Madden, right? And, you know, maybe we were, it was on rookie difficulty or something and the quarterback, um, you know, you got all the time in the world, just stand back there and you got Lamar Jackson, right? The most explosive player in the entire game. I mean, he didn't use his legs at all. And he still threw for what? 321 yards, five touchdowns. He had an absolute field day with us. And um, it's kind of sad when we just got done talking about how awesome this defense has looked, how I think on one pod we were saying about how Vic Fangio, you know, they do a good job of adjusting at half and coming out and, you know, trying to contain what they couldn't do in the first half. We got absolutely destroyed in this one. They were just Dolphins were trying to rush for the entire game, just sitting back and Lamar Jackson had an absolute field day. Field day. Like I mentioned, Duke Riley was pretty bad. You said Xavier Howard went down four plays in. I mean, we saw Eli Apple. He was giving up some big plays, and that goes back to your tweet, man. Where's Cam Smith, right? We want to see Cam Smith out there doing something, please. But um, they had an absolute field day, and for as good as the Dolphins' defense has been, for as much as we've been hyping them up, it was just um, an absolute bloodbath and very humbling, I'd imagine. It didn't take long to figure out what was happening. I mean, Gus Edwards, every single time he carried the ball, he got to fall forward for an extra three yards. It was so Stunning to see Miami's defensive line just completely erased for four quarters. Uh, that that surprised me quite a bit. Do you think the Dolphins should have shadowed Zay Flowers with Jalen Ramsey? Now, I get it. When you're building up into the week, you're expecting Xavier and Howard to play, and that's one thing. But, I mean, Rashad Bateman, he is usually – I don't have the exact numbers behind me about who lined up where, but Rashad Bateman, he had four receptions on six targets for 54 yards. Not a huge day yet. It's kind of like a stick mover, possession-type wide receiver. I mean, Zay Flowers, three receptions on just three targets for 106 yards, including that play where he got completely behind Eli Apple. I I'm curious. I think that you have someone like Jalen Ramsey follow him around. You're going to take your lumps with the Rashad Batemans of the world and other players like that, man, but – I knew coming into this game, everybody knew that you have Zay Flowers getting 14 targets against San Francisco. No other player had more than four. This is their guy. He only had three targets, but that's only because he needed three targets, right? So I, I, it's just kind of weird that they're in a spot where they're going to get beat and they're letting Jalen Ramsey be Jalen Ramsey guarding that you know guy on the left. And that guy on the left is just kind of doing what they have to to move the chains. And I'm not saying Jalen Ramsey played bad. He did his job. He contained him. He made him make every play. But I mean... How do you not have him covering Zay Flowers? Yeah, you spoke it into existence on the preview pod. And I mean, I, I'm not sure the answer to this, right? I mean, we saw Rashad Bateman line up a little bit on Eli Apple. He's getting some passes. And again, Eli Apple, um, he's out there because he's the vet, right? Because he's slightly above what Cam Smith has shown in practice and things like that. But Eli Apple is not a very good cornerback at this stage. So I think you're right, Jake. You should have maybe shadowed Zay Flowers in this game. But I definitely think, you know, with Xavier and Howard out, we're not looking ahead to Buffalo right now. But that matchup with Stephon Diggs, you can bet your ass that I think Vic Banjo is going to so. have uh, Jalen Ramsey shadowing him. Every yeah, I mean, you should. When you have a guy like Jalen Ramsey, you absolutely should. But um, we're mentioning the Batemans, Zay Flowers. That Odell Beckham catch, you know, took us back a couple years, right? Back to, um, I can't remember what year that was when he made that insane catch. I was going to say like 2000 or something. 2015? Not right. oh, 2013? Yeah, 14? Okay. Yeah, but that, like that was a crazy catch. Yeah, but I was gonna ask you about Isaiah Likely, man. That dude was uh, he had that one handed grab for a touchdown, then he had another touchdown. I mean, Dolphins have been pretty good against tight ends, but Isaiah Likely looked almost like uh, Mark Andrews out there trying to uh, go one on one with some of those Dolphin linebackers and safeties. Lamar Jackson had all these wonderful touch passes, and it gave guys like Isaiah Likely the chance to make those one handed snares. Like the way he was lobbing those passes, all I was wondering is 
is Javon Holland, is he good to play? Because those are the type of balls he's running right in front of. You know, the way that the camera was following these passes, I kind of felt like I was waiting for a Dolphins cornerback to kind of sprint in front of the play and go the other way. And it just never happened. He did always have, he just did a great job of always putting the ball behind him. But man, like Odell Beckham, he was targeted once and he had one reception for 33 yards. You, that's how you want to lose this game. You want to see 2015 Odell Beckham. You don't want to have your stud tight end going insane. You don't want Zay Flowers breaking free and using his speed. Like, it, it's just kind of crazy that, you know, we see the Dolphins doing this stuff, right? One of the big song and dances they made was how Baltimore took a play out of Miami's playbook. Well, if Baltimore has to go in above and beyond to get their guys open, Miami's doing this and it isn't working right now. It just seems like when you have this target distribution and you know what Lamar Jackson's good at, make him make the hard throws, make him launch it downfield, make OBJ be OBJ. It just seems like a better way to win instead of, you know, letting Zay Flowers get his, Isaiah likely get his. And then Justice Hill, you want five for 64 and a touchdown? Go right ahead too. Yeah, again, I still can't believe that. Uh, some people probably won their fantasy leagues, right, using Justice Hill. It's absolutely uh, baffling. But, um, you know, it is funny how they kind of took a page right out of the Dolphins' book, and I think they used Zay Flowers emotional in that, uh, you know, it was that, I believe, the touchdown pass that came right after Zach Sealer had a fumble before the half. We were feeling pretty good, and then uh, Tua threw the pick, and they went down there, and Isaiah likely scored. So, um I, I don't know, man. I, is there anything that you think could have went differently in this game? I mean, I feel like heading into this, I mean, we're as optimistic as anyone. I feel like the Baltimore Ravens were – an elite team, right? This was game was going to be hard if we went out there and played our best game. And um, when you go out there and play like the Miami Dolphins did, when you had that huge swing before the half that completely, you know, nuked us, right, man. I remember like it ripped our heart right out of our chest after we thought we were getting ready to score. Um, I just don't know what could have been different. And I'm scared to death of having to play the Baltimore Ravens again this year. If we were to meet them for some reason, in the playoffs, because that's a scary, scary team. I'm going to try really hard not to be a, be a homer here, but I, I definitely think it could have been different. Um, the opening Baltimore's first touchdown drive, um, that third and 16 um, at Baltimore's 19 broke my heart. You know, you just get a stop on third and 16. That's not the biggest, um, biggest challenge in the world. And then the following drive, you had Tyree kills drop. Uh, the Dolphins for, forced a punt in four plays on the following drive. And then I think there was another negative play that just a sack Baltimore defense is good. We'll give them a sec. But I don't know, man. There just seemed like some situations here where the game just fell out of control, where I do think there was – wasn't there a fourth and seven they scored a touchdown on two? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah, Isaiah Likely. That was one of – I think the first one. Ravens get the ball back at fourth and seven. He stepped up and found Isaiah Likely. And I think that was within – yeah, that was right before the halves. That, there were just so many decisions, and then McDaniel had his uh, Dan Campbell moment where the Miami Dolphins were driving right before the two-minute warning, and, and Tua launched the interception where they could have just kind of let things settle down. And and that goes back to my other point where I do kind of think that this is a team that just needs to kind of go through it a couple times, let the game slow down. And, and yes, Tua's in his fourth year, but just this playoff atmosphere, having these opportunities. And and the cool thing is the Dolphins have more than one opportunity to do it this year. You have next week in Buffalo. And then after that, you know, you get the home game and then you can have that opportunity to win one at home. That's where you can hopefully start to see some confidence. Josh, this game was terrible. Left an awful, awful taste in your mouth. Uh, after seeing the Bradley Chubb news, it does feel like a deflating moment of the season when it does feel over. But there's still a lot ahead of this Dolphins team and there's a lot of opportunity to make some noise. 
Yeah, man, that's honestly all that matters. You know, if the Dolphins can somehow beat the Buffalo Bills, I'm hoping we can find a way to knock them out of the playoffs. I think, what, the Jags have to win, and I think the Steelers against the Ravens, I would love to have that game just send them packing, right? But they have a chance to right all the wrongs to make up for that absolute beating they took this past weekend at Hard Rock Stadium, where I think they've won 19 of their last 22, I think Joe Shad said. So um, at the beginning of the year, man, we would sit here and say, you know, that last game, week 18, is going to come down to the division. And now that it is, everyone seems surprised. But um, yeah, buckle up, right, man? This is going to be the biggest game that we've had in in years, decades. And we say that every week. Dude, that just makes that just makes it more fun. Every week's a new adventure. A new step to climb and all those other corny Hallmark lines. But it's a weird week being New Year's, so thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. We will be releasing our preview pod for Friday morning, so stay tuned. Keep your eyes out for that. But for another Dolphins podcast, thank you all so much for listening to us. Once again, Happy New Year, and until next time, Happy New Year. Fins up.